Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Airlines and ticketing agencies for concerts seem to be at the head of the pack when it comes to a mandatory vaccine. There are literally some airlines that are going to begin to restrict your ability to fly unless you have the vaccine. Friends, we are living in perilous times, to say the least. Jesus is returning soon. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on December 20th, 2020. For today's update, (laughs) I want to talk with you about why everything that's happening in the world points to this being the end of the world. By end of the world, I mean the end of this age, starting with the rapture, which is prior to the seven-year tribulation, ending with the second coming, and followed by the kingdom age, a.k.a. the millennium. This last week I was thinking about that saying, when something goes wrong or something looks really bad, and the saying is, oh well, at least it's not the end of the world. Okay, I'll just, I'll give you a moment on that one. As I was thinking about this, it struck me that we could today instead say, it's not the end of the world, or is it? Now, one need look no further than to Bible prophecy to see that the description of the world prior to the rapture is exactly the way it is in the world today. Let me say it like this. I am convinced and truly believe with all of my heart that this is how it ends. Back in March, in fact it was March 29th to be exact, in the prophecy update I made the statement that COVID-19, coronavirus, is how it ends. This is how it ends. This is the end. And none of you were here, because we thought, really bought, the lie and shut our doors, which we will never do again, by the way. Yeah? Praise the Lord. 
But we were live streaming only on March 29th, and I made that comment. And after, I, it wasn't in my notes. And it was one of those things where after I, you say something and you just think, oh my goodness, did I just say that? Yes, you did. Oh no, you didn't. Oh yes, I did. And then I inquired of the Lord about it. And now, <laughs> here we are at the end of 2020, and I believe with all my heart that this is in fact the end. This is how it ends. I hope you know, and I, I know this might seem and sound strong, but I say it nonetheless, the world we once knew prior does not exist anymore, and we will never return to that life, that world that we once knew prior. I hope you'll kindly allow me to illustrate and demonstrate this by way of a hypothetical, or if you prefer a parable. I think parable sounds better. <laughs> and this is a parable, a hypothetical, about someone waking from a coma. Imagine, if someone was in a coma, entered into a coma at the end of the year 1980, and just woke from that coma here at the end of 2020, 40 years later. Let's also say that this individual was a born-again believer who knew Bible prophecy, and that they were also our good friend back in 1980. Hey, this is my parable. I can, you know, do what I want here, so indulge me. Now, let's fast forward to this bizarre world <laughs> here at the end of 2020, when our good friend awakens, and we're there to bring them up to date. Boy, we got a lot of catching up to do. Lots happened in 40 years. Oh my goodness. But in order to do that, we'll need to consider what their world looked like in the year of 1980, when they slipped into what would end up being a 40-year coma that they would wake from. So let's start. In 1980, the world's population was a little over 4 billion people. Now, in 2020, it's almost double at 8 billion people. And that's a problem for the likes of one Bill Gates. I'm going to leave that right there. <laughs> Enough said. In 1980, the median home value in the U.S., get this, was $47,200. <laughs> in 2020, as of March, the U.S. median home price was three hundred and twenty thousand dollars. 
Now, I'm going somewhere with this and the significance prophetically of all of this, because, and we talked about this actually a couple weeks ago in the prophecy update, because there is a prophecy in the book of Revelation about hyperinflation during the tribulation. And by the way, talking about the population, a lot of Asians, <laughs> uh, it doubling in 40 years, let that sink in. This is exactly what we're told in the Bible would happen at the time of the end. That's why it's so significant and important. Okay, let's keep going. In 1980, a guy by the name of Wahid Farag, aka J.D. Farag, graduated high school. Okay, I don't know why that was in there, but... No, that's the year I graduated. Barely, by the way. Not proud of that. Oh my goodness. In 1980, Egypt normalized full diplomatic relations with Israel. It was actually in January of 1980. In 2020, many Gulf states are now normalizing relations with Israel. Again, exactly as we were told they would at the time of the end. In 1980, let's talk about technology. There were only car phones for a select few. Now, in 2020, there are cell phones that do everything for everyone. The technology that we hold in our hands or have in our pockets are so advanced in just the last 40 years. I remember my first cell phone that I purchased in 1986, right after they first came out. The Motorola 8000, the affectionately referred to as the brick phone. Am I giving you a flashback here? I think it was called the Motorola 8000 because that's how much it weighed. <laughs> and then you drop that thing on your toe and you're hospitalized, <laughs> fractured foot. I mean, the thing was huge. And the screen, oh my goodness, monochrome numbers, just, you know, that amber color and, and yeah. $3,500 was retail. And, and all you could do with it, if you had coverage, was make a phone call. This is, get this, and you young people, I know this is going to really mess you up. This is pre-texting. No! <gasps> yeah? How about that? 1980. 40 years. Okay. At this juncture, we'll need to give our friend a little bit of time to wrap their minds around everything before we tell them about COVID-19. We haven't even got there yet. But here's the thing. As we're getting ready to explain why everyone is wearing masks everywhere, not just in the hospital. Our friend, much to our surprise, seems to already have an idea of what's going on. He's not the one surprised, we are. And it's evidenced 
by the questions he asks us, specifically as it relates to biotechnology and a cashless digital economy. Remember now, he was a student of Bible prophecy before he slipped into a coma in 1980. He knows his word, he knows the Bible, and he knows Bible prophecy. So then, when we apprise him of what's on the horizon, namely that of a vaccine that one must have taken in order to buy and sell, his response, again, much to our surprise, is, wow, the rapture is imminent. Now here's a question. Why does he react this way? Why isn't he reacting with disbelief? And the answer to that question is because there's no cognitive dissonance by virtue of the fact that he's not been pre-programmed like we have. In other words, his objectivity hasn't been skewed over the last 40 years with all the predictive programming and brainwashing. We actually did an update a while back, a couple few months ago, on predictive programming. He's been in a coma, so he's not been programmed. He's not been brainwashed. Yesterday I happened upon this comment from a Jessica Hernandez. I hope I'm pronouncing her name correctly. She posted it on our YouTube channel, and to me it really sums up just how brainwashed and deceived the masses are. Listen to what she posted. Think about it. Imagine a vaccine so safe that you have to be threatened to take it for a disease that's so deadly, you have to be tested to know you have it. Come on. It's true. So how is it possible then that this is happening? Because it's really been longer than 40 years, but for the last 40 years, we have been programmed so that when this was rolled out, we're right there. Oh, wow. You'll forgive me for talking about frogs again. I, I talk about frogs, not frogs, frogs often. Last time we talked about the plagues in Egypt, because the Egyptians worshiped frogs. And every one of the plagues was against one of their gods, and they had many, like over 3,000 gods. That's a lot of gods. But they worshiped the frog as a god. It was like God saying, you like frogs, do you? Here's some frogs. Well, I want to talk about a different frog this time. I think it would be 
appropriate to mention that fable of the boiling frog who didn't jump out of the water because the heat was slowly and gradually turned up. While I realize it's only a fable, the moral of the story is we, like the frog, adjust ourselves to the world's temperature to our own peril. And by the way, this explains the reason as to why it is that our friend responded the way he did, because he's not been sitting on that water of this evil world for the last 40 years like we have. So when we throw him in suddenly, (laughs) he gets it and jumps out. I'm sure you already know where I'm going with this, so I'll get right to the point. Many today, sadly, and sadly Christians, are just like that frog. I'm astounded. I I received an email from an online member. I just was, I was just stunned. Very well-known ministry is promoting the vaccine. Why? Because they've been so conditioned, ever so gradually over the years, and as such have acclimated to everything that's happening. So here's the church, right? And the church has been influenced by the world instead of the world being influenced by the church. Oh, by the way, that's second service in our verse-by-verse study in 2 Timothy chapter 3, just the first five verses. You know what's interesting? I don't want to get ahead of myself, but he's writing to a pastor. Timothy is a pastor of a church in Ephesus. And this is to Christians. This is what it's going to be like. This is what people are going to be like. That's chilling to me. That's sobering to me. This brings me back to the reason as to why it is that we are truly at the end in the sense that this is how it ends. We're not going back. Oh, but hey, you know, I so-and-so said that they're going to take the vaccine because they want to get back to ministry and, and, you know, get back to normal. It's a lie. It's a lie. I want to share with you an abbreviated prophetic checklist of what I'll call the big three in Bible prophecy. I mean, there are many, certainly, but these three in particular point to the imminent rapture and subsequent commencement of the seven-year tribulation. I mean, I know I say this every week, but we are so close 
And I think the rapture is sooner than any of us, myself included, could even begin to realize. It can happen at any moment. We are that close. So let's go through these three. First, the alliance of nations in Syria at the ready to invade and plunder Israel from the north, there in the Golan, which is protested by Saudi Arabia and the aforementioned Gulf states. Interesting to note that Egypt in 1980 normalized relations with Israel, full diplomatic relations with Israel. Jordan, along with Egypt, until this year, when all of the Gulf states, and certainly Saudi Arabia, is ready to put pen to paper, so to speak. And the reason this is important is because this is exactly what we're told in Scripture. So we have this prophecy, we've been talking about this for a number of years in Isaiah 17 verse 1, which is a very specific prophecy about Damascus, Syria being totally and utterly destroyed, so much so that it's a ruinous heap and uninhabitable. That's Isaiah 17.1, which I truly believe is the catalyst for the fulfillment of Ezekiel 38. What's Ezekiel 38? Ezekiel 38 is a very detailed prophecy about this alliance of nations with Russia, Iran, and Turkey at the helm that invade Israel. And here's what's really interesting. Verse 13 of Ezekiel 38, Sheba and Dedan, the ancient name known today as the modern day area of Saudi Arabia, protest this allied invasion of Israel. How is that possible? Oh, very interesting. Uh, oh, by the way, Egypt and Jordan and Syria are not mentioned in Ezekiel 38. Saudi Arabia is mentioned, which infers that they must have normalized relations with Israel along with the Gulf states exactly as it is now. Now stay with me on this, this is very important. Oftentimes I will say something to the effect of prophecy having a shelf life, an expiration date. And by that I mean the, the situation that we're in today, we were not in even five years ago. Forget 40 years ago. Let's just talk five years ago. And the reason that's important is because if this was not in place five years ago, wouldn't it stand to reason that it would not still be in place five years from now, with as fast as everything is moving? It's that proverbial strike while the iron's hot. There's a certain window of opportunity, if you will. The end of the world is going to happen, and it might be closer than we think. There's much happening in the world around us that ties into the predictions made in the Bible. 
With the number of events occurring, though, it can be difficult to keep up with it all. Pastor J.D. Farag has taken it upon himself to help us out with that. Each week, Pastor J.D. takes an in-depth look at what Scripture has to say about the end times and then pairs them with the current events of the week. These Mideast Prophecy Updates are available for free to you through our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. You'll find them as well on our YouTube channel, and we update them each week to give you the latest information. These messages are useful to us to be able to keep Jesus' ultimate kingdom goal at the front of our minds. Jesus came to earth to offer love and forgiveness to each person. He completed his mission when he died on the cross for our sins and then defeated death by rising again. Jesus has charged each one of us who confess to follow him with a simple task. Go into the world and share the good news of his life. As the end draws even closer, we need to adopt a sense of urgency in getting the word out. We hope you will use these Mideast Bible prophecy updates to draw closer to Jesus, allowing Him to speak through you to the world around you. Once again, you'll find these prophecy updates by visiting InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and clicking the link to our YouTube channel. Join us again for truth from God's Word right here on In Spirit and Truth.